you're about to listen to the IC News Podcast. We hope you enjoy it. We'd like more people to hear the show, so if you do, please help us make that happen by leaving us a review on whichever platform you're listening on. It only takes a second, but it lets the gremlins that control the internet know that the show is worth pushing to a wider audience. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That way, you'll get a new episode of the show each and every Saturday. Now it's time to sit back and enjoy. Get yourself a hot cup of cocoa. Put your feet up on a comfy stool. Let your worries melt away and let us take you to the weirdest places satire has to offer. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Stock markets around the globe have tumbled amid coronavirus concerns, with the WHO warning that the outbreak risks becoming as serious as a bout of man flu on a working Monday. The government has hit back at what it calls false reports about MI5's distrust of the Home Secretary, saying that intelligence agencies have full confidence in the woman who was once fired from the cabinet for borderline treason. With even more rainfall and storms forecast, UK flood warnings have been raised from Otter's Pocket to Minge's at a One Direction reunion. EastEnders is celebrating its 35th anniversary by updating its storylines for modern Britain. Next week, Phil Mitchell disowns his son for being a Ramona crybaby and Patrick Truman gets deported. And finally, a flat earther in the States has died after accidentally proving that the Earth is solid when his homemade rocket crash landed. Hello and welcome. You're listening to IC News, the only network with the balls to tell you the unvarnished truth. He's not good for you, Sarah. The sex might be amazing, but realistically, do you really want to waste the best years of your 20s on a grown man who lives on a houseboat, cooks all his meals on a camping stove and thinks his battle rap career is about to take off? You're joining us today for a milestone in the show's history. We've burned through nine thrilling episodes and are ten today, meaning that IC News is now old enough for a former leader of the Liberal Democrats to ignore us when we tell them what the bad man did. If you've never listened before and are just here to crash the party, welcome. Help yourself to some cake and a little plastic bag full of choking hazards. IC News isn't your typical cable network. We don't just bring you the news from this miserable little reality. Our reporters also scout the multiverse of alternative dimensions that exist alongside our own, bringing you the most intriguing insights and what could have been scenarios they have to offer. Here on Earth Prime, the end of days is kicking into high gear, with swarms of locusts in Africa and a worsening global plague now joined by apocalyptic flooding. Reporters for IC News are the best and most disposable in the business, meaning we have absolutely no fear about sending them into danger zones in pursuit of the hottest scoops. Our roving reporter Rob Mulholland has now died no less than nine times in the line of duty, meaning IC News is a proud second place to the Russian government in terms of journalists killed. We nabbed a new Rob from another Earth this week, and have sent him to the worst hit region of Britain's latest flooding crisis. Hi Sam, thanks for fucking nothing. I'm Rob Ten, currently freezing his balls off, studding flood water that comes up to his nipples, wondering why the fuck I ever agreed to leave my home world to come and report for a network that clearly has zero respect for the health and well-being of its correspondents. 
There's not a paycheck in the world fat enough to justify this bullshit. I'm just another casualty in the media's obsession with sending their reporters to stand in the middle of a natural disaster for the sake of credibility. This is radio for fuck's sake. I could have turned a fan on and splashed about in the bath and it would have sounded exactly the fucking same. But no, I have to come to Yorkshire because I'm the Yorkshireman. I have to live it and experience experience it. I have to buy my own waders from wish.com only to realise when they turn up that what I've actually ordered is S&M gear. I'm now stood in muddy, freezing cold water wearing rubber that my dick pokes out of. I swear to god if it gets bitten off by a pike I am suing everybody. Britain on Earth Prime has been spit-roasted recently by Storm's Kiara and Dennis, a double-team effort that ended with the pair of them high-fiving over the UK's soggy back. From Scotland to Yorkshire, flood defences have failed, with unprecedented levels of rainfall once again causing riverbanks to burst and turning floodplains into reservoirs that have devastated homes and businesses. Frankly, it's fucked with the ground unable to absorb any of it due to already being left damper than your mum at a Michael Bublé concert after the wettest December on record. There's nowhere for all this water to go except straight into people's houses. Thank God then for a robust and compassionate response from the government. Ha! I'm kidding, obviously. Boris Johnson was nowhere to be seen, shrinking back into himself and disappearing, a bit like my cock is currently doing. Seriously, like, how long have I got to stand here for? This is such bollocks! Uh, 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 you know what? I am done. If the Tories can't be bothered to show their faces here, in the communities they've completely failed to protect in the face of weather that's only been getting more unpredictable over the last decade, why in the name of my own frozen balls should I stick it out? I'm not adding trench foot dick to the massive list of insurance claims on the horizon. Honestly, this is mental. How can anyone act surprised when this keeps happening? Ugh, that's better. Seriously, this is heartbreaking. I've been here for a day and I'm wet through and miserable and I've lost nothing apart from my pride and possibly the very tip of it to frostbite. I can't even begin to imagine how frustrating it has to be to find yourself and your family trapped in a home that you have no hope of selling with insurance premiums through the roof, failed constantly by inadequate funding and defences that do nothing to protect you. With no sign of sufficient international cooperation on climate change anywhere on the horizon, extreme weather like the February we've just suffered is only going to become more commonplace. There are whole communities of hard-working, decent people completely left behind by a government that continues to bury its head in the sandbags. This crap is rapidly becoming an annual event for these poor sods. I'm freezing, but at least I've got a clean, warm home to get back to. And I've lived through this report for once, which makes a pleasant change for this shitty network. I'm Rob Mulholland, desperately trying to massage some blood back into his todger, reporting for IC News. Oh well, what do you know? There it is. Haven't even got time to put me cock away. Daddy, why does that tree have such a little penis? I don't know, son. Just keep paddling. 
Thanks, Rob. As always, we'll send a fruit basket and a framed copy of the waiver you signed to your widow on whichever world it was you came from. Speaking of not giving a shit about the contribution of hard-working immigrants, this week also saw the government unveil more of its plans for post-Brexit Britain. It's been a tricky week for the Home Secretary, who has somehow managed to be the only member of the Cabinet currently visible in public. With the rest of the Johnson administration forming a set of Schrodinger's twats who cease to exist the moment anyone attempts to scrutinise them, the spotlight has fallen on Pretty Patel. We sent Alison June-Smith to a world with something to tell us about the Home Office's glorious vision for the country's future. Thanks, Sam. Today, I'm going to be looking at immigration, because frankly, here in the UK, us proud Brits are fucking sick of people coming over here and taking our jobs. No longer will we stand for cheap migrant labor driving down our wages and damaging our economy. From now on, we'll be the ones doing that by continually voting for people and policies that drive down wages and damage our economy. Yay for us! The fabled points-based system we all knew was coming is finally here. It's been a fantasy of the Tory party's right wing for some time now. With Brexit finally a reality and the Conservatives enjoying a clear majority, the UK now gets to draw up its own rules about who gets to live and work here. Pretty Patel only wants the brightest minds, and that means introducing a system that would have excluded her own parents when they moved here. Try and avoid pulling that ladder up behind you too fast, pretty. We wouldn't want you to smack yourself in the twat with it. In a twist that should surprise absolutely fucking nobody, one of the best ways to get your points up high enough to qualify is to earn a salary of 23 grand or more. Turns out unskilled labor covers a lot of the UK workforce. If you're a care worker or a teaching assistant, your contribution is valued about as much as a fart in a crowded lift. Enjoy the bus ride home, freeloader. Good news, though. You get bonus points for speaking English at the required level. If Brexit has taught us anything, the required level is white and capable of pulling off a home county's accent. There's no reason why a points-based system couldn't work for a UK that still tries to be inclusive and welcoming. It's just that this particular one clearly doesn't. It reduces migrants who already made a net contribution to the UK's tax income to a single cash value, with the essential skills required to keep many of our industries going given no merit whatsoever. Businesses are warning a government that doesn't seem to give a shit that they'll be facing massive shortfalls in employment. Pretty Patel's response to that? that 8 million economically inactive British people will retrain and pick up the slack. Here's some awkward news for you, Pretty. If you need to retrain someone to do a job, it's not an unskilled job. It's not surprising she doesn't know that, of course. Johnson's cabinet seems to be the only place in the country where you can get hired without any skills or relevant experience whatsoever. I'm here on Earth Alpha Echo Windrush 4, a world where the Great British Brexit saga has played out pretty much identical to our own, with one exception. 
it wasn't delayed, so they're further along the path. The point system here has already come into play, but there was a major fuck-up in legislating it. Some clumsy wording and a few legal challenges ended up with a shock ruling that it had to apply to everyone equally. That included those who already lived here. Britain had to deport everybody who didn't qualify. Shelf stackers, nurses, teaching assistants, road sweepers, receptionists, all of them. The end result is a society of bored doctors looking after hedge fund managers who are slowly starving to death now that nobody's filling up the supermarkets. It's bleak, man. This place, and soon Earth Prime as well. It's got no soul, no sense of culture or, or excitement. Nobody can move here, bright-eyed and filled with ambition for the life they could build for the people they care about. What the fuck do we actually value? The monetary worth of our payslips tell us we have to society, or actual people? I'm Allison June Smith, putting an accent on whenever I talk to anybody now. Reporting for IC News. Good morning to you, madam. Cool, blimey, governor. And to you, apples and pears. Jesus, this place sucks. You're a straight talker. You were sacked, right? Well, I left government and, you know, I apologise for what happened and... You know, it, my actions caused difficulty for the government, as the 24,000 people who were tracking me at the time also, you know, saw. The Home Secretary's tricky week was compounded by media reports that she had found herself at odds with long-standing civil servants she disagreed with. It's a recurring theme for Boris Johnson's new Conservatives, with Special Advisor Dominic Cummings waging all-out war on the layers of administrative bureaucracy that traditionally keep the wheels of government greased and spinning. Government aides currently have shorter lifespans than a Wuhan pensioner, with Cummings calling for a crop of weirdos and misfits to shamble up through his fog of war in order to build a visionary new order. That vision turned out to be a weird, sexist, Nazi fetish fever dream last week when one of his latest recruits was exposed by the media. So what exactly is going on at number 10, and what does it take to become a government advisor in this bizarre, dystopian asphyxiwank we're currently struggling through? We sent our undercover reporter, Danny Sutcliffe, to find out. Hey Sam, thanks for joining me. I've got to be honest with you, mate. I've been here a couple of weeks now, and this place is creeping me the fuck out. Coffee, chosen one? Uh, yeah. Milk, no sugar. Ta. The chosen one wants no sugar. Oh. I swear to God, if my hand touches his when he brings that to me, I'm having a fucking hot shower. Who was that, Danny? I wish I could tell you, pal. They all look the bloody same. Pallid, clammy, horrible little buggers with sweaty comb-overs. I want to say Julian, but it could be Sebastian or Jeremy or any one of them. Just be glad you can't smell them. It's like a mix of copy decks and stale piss. Poetic as always. Maybe you could explain for the listeners what it is you're doing in Downing Street. Obviously, Sam. I'm revolutionising the government. And it's all thanks to the visionary efforts of the maestro pulling all the strings, Mr Dominic Cummings. 
I'm here as part of his programme to deepen the pool of political advisers with a crack team of weirdos and misfits. Men like me, who are naturally distrusting of big government. Men who want to tear down the status quo. Oh wow, to get yourself in a Dominic Cummings inner circle, credit where it's due, Danny, that's actually some genuinely impressive undercover work. It must have taken some real effort to get that close to the Prime Minister's most trusted confidant. Not really. I just took my shirt off outside and shouted, I don't believe in experts! And they dragged me in and slapped me on a six-figure salary. I'm a super forecaster now. Do you actually have any idea what that term means, Danny? Does anyone? Fair point. I can only assume that it's my job to have a look at the weather and figure out if there are any storms coming. You know, so the government can make sure Boris goes nowhere fucking near any other people affected by him. It was a solid guess, but not quite. Well, what the fuck is it then? It's a term based on the work of Philip Tetlock. Essentially, Cummings doesn't particularly trust expert predictions, and he's found a theory that for him justifies hiring whoever he likes to try and predict some of the voter trends or events the government might be facing. Ah, so I'm here because of my genius intuition, is that it? Yeah, I can only assume they found out about that during the thorough vetting process you presumably went through. You mean the bit when they asked me to put my shirt back on? Like I said, thorough. Well, it's always nice to be recognised. And that's what these horrible little freaks are as well, is it? Coffee, chosen one. Milk, no sugar, just the way he wants it. (sighs) Yeah, thanks. Just turn it, will you? Don't touch me. That's it. He drinks it! He drinks a coffee! Jeremy, before you fuck off as far away as possible, I've got to ask, what is it you do here? I'm Tarquin, chosen one. I, I super forecast. I see the future. Right. And what's about to happen now? Um, I fuck off, yes? As far away as possible. That's a good lad. Off you pop. We fucks off. Chosen one has spoken. We fucks off. Danny, I've got to ask, why are they calling you the chosen one? Honestly, mate, I've not a clue. They all just started doing it after I mentioned I had a girlfriend. This guy fucks. There is hope for all of us. Hope for all of us. Doesn't it bother you, taking up a role that someone like Andrew Sabisky had to scuttle away from? That the one that left, is it? Yeah, that's the one, after a quick Google turned up all his weird comments about women and eugenics. Eugenics? Are you having a laugh? I've seen this lot. They're not exactly ubermensch material. Here, listen to what I can do with this mag light. Ah! My kidneys! They're burning! <laughs> I swear to God, these cunts are so white you could see through them if there was any natural light down here. There does tend to be that correlation when eugenics comes up for debate, yeah. You know what, mate? I'm not sure this job is actually for me. It's been fun being king of the fucking dorks, but I miss fresh air and common sense. Time, I think, to clear out me desk and return to the land of the living. The chosen one is leaving us. I'm afraid so, lads. Before I go, though, here's a super forecast for you. Yes, tell us. Tell us, chosen one, tell us. You can watch Jordan Peterson on YouTube as much as you like. No one's ever going to suck you off. (laughs) Their fucking faces, honestly. Like someone kicked the Milky Bar kid in the nuts. It's been a pleasure as always, Sam. I'm getting the fuck out of here before I lose the will to live.
Now, if the UK government's greasy slide into media manipulation and totalitarianism is concerning you, you might be tempted to take solace by seeking inspiration across the pond. The Trump administration is currently stuffed full of the sort of blind loyalists and misfits Dominic Cummings seems to idolise, and if you've been paying attention to the opposition race, resistance to corruption and incompetence might even feel like it's rising from its stuporous indifference. The race to find a Democratic opponent for Donald Trump in the November elections is building momentum. But what hope do genuine progressives have when operating within a system so heavily weighted in favour of right-wing corporate interests? Does the Democratic nest have a phoenix in it waiting to emerge, or just a big shit billionaire cuckoo laid there by Jeff Bezos? We sent Tom King to find out. America, land of the brave, home of the free, and the world's greatest tribute act to an actual democracy. The states are gearing up for another election, and you might not have noticed this, but in terms of America's future, there's quite a lot at stake. No longer remotely concerned about what might happen if he cheats his flabby orange tits off, President Trump is gearing up for an all-out assault on truth and decency. The power of social media and online disinformation has been well and truly weaponized over the last few years. The gloves aren't just off, they've been replaced with brass knuckles and America's politicians are now circling each other in a car park with their shirts on. For whoever the Democratic candidate ends up being, there is an absolute storm coming their way this November from an incumbent who desperately needs to stay in power to avoid getting his nads trapped in the legal system. The only question is, can the opposition pick a candidate with any hope of weathering it? As it currently stands, the frontrunner is clear. Democrats seem to be feeling the burn, with Sanders picking up momentum and delegates with every caucus that passes. The progressive vote seems to have coalesced around him, with Elizabeth Warren struggling to turn her impressive debate performances into results. At this point in 2016, the Sanders campaign was beginning to slow, but this time Bernie's coalition of support feels broader. By placing firebrand progressive and fury-inducing Trumpian hate-wank fantasy Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez front and centre of his campaign, Bernie's consolidated his Latino support and infuriated Trump's loyalists. No, I like her. Super Tuesday is yet to come, however, and Bernie Sanders doesn't just have the Republicans to deal with, he's also got to face off against a democratic apparatus that considers him far too radical and a corporate oligarchy desperate to dethrone him. Elections are big business, with the Trump campaign set to spend a billion dollars on keeping their man in power. In the Democratic race, Mike Bloomberg has spent half of that already, and he's not even in the race yet. It's the same tactic he used to win the New York mayorship, and his attack ads on Trump are thin on policy and even thinner on genuine political principles. He's been brutalised in the debates so far, but none of that really matters. Cash buys name recognition, and that in turn buys the older vote. Grassroots fundraising can't beat the personal purse of a legitimate billionaire like Bloomberg, a man who eats Fabergé eggs for breakfast and has never been faced with a victory he couldn't afford. 
Mark Twain wasn't wrong when he described America as a country of temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Without a monarchy to fawn over, yet, that is, it's coming if Trump has his way, wealth is the only idol to worship, and Bloomberg has a diamond-encrusted superyacht full of it. That money brings influence, and every time he opens his mouth and inaccurately labels Sanders a communist, an older vote for the Democrat dies. I'm here on Earth, Papa Victor, Meldrew 78, a world where Bernie Sanders won the Democratic nomination back in 2016 before going on to defeat Trump and win the presidency. Here, the DNC hack wasn't half as damaging, as all it revealed was that Sanders had googled the terms Scandinavian-style welfare state, bunion cream, and does anyone believe you if you call a Jew anti-Semitic? America here is far from the rabid, violent, left-wing hotbed of hate and wealth envy that the media on Earth Prime would have us believe is coming. Americans now have a single-payer healthcare system, which is massively popular because it means it's now absolutely free to get shot in your school or workplace. As we head into the 2020 election, Sanders is looking likely to square up against a billionaire Republican with a long history of racism and misogyny with ties to Jeffrey Epstein. It turns out that realistically, nothing much changes, apart from which party Mike Bloomberg decides to buy his way onto the ballot for. I'm Tom King, watching the corpse of American democracy grow ever colder, reporting for IC News. Tom's report brings us to the end of our broadcast. Thanks for joining us on our 10th anniversary episode. If you manage to avoid getting coughed on or washed away in the next seven days, we hope you'll join us next Saturday as well. For now, it's time for the stories you may have missed. Tyson Fury punches Deontay Wilder so hard that the entire world gets a concussion and forgets about all that stuff he said. Maroon 5 singer Adam Levine has defended a lacklustre and depressed concert performance in Chile by explaining that he'd finally realised what his songs sound like. And finally, University College London bans staff-student relationships, sending a clear message that in this day and age, the only thing fucking undergraduates should be their colossal debt. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. By placing firebrand progressive and fury-inducing trumping... Trump... (laughs) This is the one. This is the fucking sentence that's a motherfucker. By placing firebrand progressive and fury-inducing Trumpian hate-wank fantasy... Hake... Hake-wank? Like, that hake's a type of fish. By placing firebrand progressive and fury-inducing Trumpian hate-wank... That was right. Hate-wank. (laughs) Hate-wank. Hate-wank. By placing firebrand progressive and fury-inducing Trumpian hate-wank... Hate-wank! I hope uh, hope you're saving all of these for outtakes. That's a bit fucking arrogant, isn't it? Hate-wank! You've just been listening to the IC News Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a second to leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. You'd really be helping us out. Don't forget to also hit the subscribe button, as that way you'll get a new episode each and every Saturday. IC News only exists thanks to the support of the fans of ICU who support us through Patreon. If you'd like to get early access to the bonus cuts of this show, as well as all other ICU content, 
You can do so by signing up for as little as £1 a month at patreon.com slash ICU stories. Check out the podcast description for the link. Each episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. This week's episode featured Allison June Smith, Danny Sutcliffe, Tom King, Rob Mulholland, and Red Redmond. The main theme for the show is by Eddie French and the graphic design is from chumchi.com. In this episode you also heard Circus of Freaks and New Sting, two tracks by a composer named Kevin McLeod. Full credit for their use, as well as credit for all sound effects used under the attribution license, can be found in the podcast description. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at icnewspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, IC News releases new episodes every Saturday, but if you head over to the ICU Facebook page, you'll also get a new satirical story each and every Monday. Are you still here? Leave us that review. You know you want to. Go on. It'll make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. This voice was proudly generated by www.filmmusic.io.